I find it ridiculous and truly hypocritical that pseudoscience finds belief in an invisible God to be an untenable position. They don't believe because they don't see, yet the very foundation of what they also attest to be scientific truth they also have never seen. Consider this excerpt from Discover Magazine, July 2002. Black holes are a good lesson about two truths of science. First, a lot of what we swear is scientifically accurate today will be proved wrong within a couple of decades. Second, the advancement of science works so well because it is so willing to be proved wrong. Still, science requires an interesting kind of faith. We're asked to believe that black holes exist even though no one has ever observed them directly. Likewise, no one has seen an electron or a quark or a proton or a neutrino. We assume subatomic particles exist based on heaps of experimental evidence, but we don't have instruments sensitive enough to allow us to pick up one of them and stare at it. The proof of the existence of the invisible God is evident simply by looking around. Now for today's subject. God said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. And then God records in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. According to the will of the invisible God, Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. Man said that at best Jesus Christ was a prophet or a wise man. At the worst, he was a bastard, an illegitimate child, and a sorcerer. Or he never existed at all, but was a figment of a superstitious imagination. Now the record. Many mock the Christ confession, accusing those who love him of holding up Jesus and the word of God he gave us as the answer to all the world's problems. I should note that their critical assessment in this matter is a true observation. Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. Everything was made by him and for him, and it's by him that all things consist. He is the center of our molecular structure. Because of this truth, all things, every religious statement, every political position, every moral position, every scientific truth revolve around Jesus Christ. It is either pro-Christ or anti-Christ. Example, regarding salvation, revelation, and eternal life, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. To believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and eternal life is pro-Christ. To believe that there are other ways one can enter into eternal life is anti-Christ. Everything revolves around Jesus Christ. Consider this political example. 
The word of God directs man to work to sustain to sustain, excuse me, the necessities of life. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses ten through twelve. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. If an able-bodied individual refuses to work, then he should not eat. To endorse this principle is to be pro-Christ. Politicians, on the other hand, created a welfare system that has spawned a self-perpetuating subculture where an army of able-bodied Americans are tutored in the fine art of sponging off the nation's largesse, damaging America's global competitiveness, excuse me, and worse yet, destroying the work ethic and self-confidence of an entire generation and their offspring. Much of the U.S. welfare system is an antichrist position. Remember, Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. The Bible is the world's true standard of morality. It says, Thou shalt not kill. To observe this principle is to be pro-Christ in the matter. To disobey and go out and murder someone is to be anti-Christ in the matter. Concerning the science example, the Word of God teaches a young earth, see 6,000-year-old earth on this site, slightly over 6,000 years old. To endorse this principle is to be pro-Christ. Pseudoscience claims that the earth is approximately 4 billion years old. Everything revolves around Jesus Christ, either pro or con. And Adam, according to scientific theory, is the building block of all matter. Many are shocked to discover that science doesn't know what holds it together, nor can science tell what holds the universe together, except for a fast-growing number of astrophysicists who think they have found the answer. The following excerpt is from Discover Magazine, August 2000, in an article titled, The Search for Missing Matter. It reads, Like doubting disciples, certain astronomers spend much of their time looking for proof of an unseen hand at work in the cosmos. In 1933, a Swiss astronomer named Fritz Wicke proposed that some otherworldly presence, massive but invisible, holds the visible world together. Without it, he said, Galaxy clusters would fly apart, their edges spinning off into space like peanuts tossed from a carousel. Unlikely as it seems, Zwicky's hypothesis has grown more convincing with time. Astrophysicists now know that Zwicky's missing matter is fundamentally different from the ordinary matter that makes up planets and people. It doesn't interact with light, for example, either by radiating or blocking it. And it couldn't have much interaction with everyday matter either, or its existence would be far more obvious. It betrays its presence only by the gravitational pull it exerts on the shapes and movements of galaxies. Today, the missing matter is known as cold, dark matter. Cold because, by subatomic standards, it's sluggish. Dark because it cannot be detected even with the most sophisticated telescopes. And matter because it isn't energy, which is the only other option. According to the latest study of galaxy clusters and theories, it is estimated that 90% of all matter in the universe is of the invisible sort. The writer called it an unseen hand. The title of a 2001 science article written by science journalist Karen Wright was Very Dark Energy, and the subtitle was Why is the universe expanding faster and faster 
The answer may be a form of energy we almost can't imagine. The following paragraph is from Wright's article. Today's cosmologists are calling this force dark energy. Dark because it may be impossible to detect, and energy because it's not matter, which is the only other option. Despite the sinister connotations, dark energy is a beacon that may lead physicists to an elusive final theory, the unification of all known forces from those that hold the components of atoms together to the gravity that shapes space. Man can't figure out how we got here, what our purpose is, or what holds everything together. But thousands of years ago, the God who created all things revealed this mystery. God upholds all things by the word of his power, and all things consist by the power of his Christ. Remember, all things are created out of words. See made out of words on this website. As you should expect, God has all the answers. The invisible God said all things are made by and are maintained and held together by his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He is the center of the universe. Man said that at best Jesus Christ was a prophet or a wise man. At the worst he was a bastard, an illegitimate child, and a sorcerer, or he never existed at all but was a figment of superstitious imaginations. Now you have the record.